This episode is sponsored by the ALW Communications Agency. Visit www.alwagency.com for all your communications needs. First of all, I think you need to understand that you need to learn new skills. And by new skills, I mean not just what you study in college and school, but also in terms of soft skills, because a lot of jobs require your core hard skills like engineering or medicine, but then a lot of people skills are needed because you interact with individuals at your work, in your daily life, and a lot of that soft skills in terms of influencing, negotiating, talking with other people, trying to figure out how to solve other individuals' problems will get you a long way. So those are skills which are not essentially taught in school. At least I did not learn any of them. So that is something which you need to practice and become good at by observing other people, probably your seniors or your coworkers who are really good at it, and try to figure out how you can become better with all of those soft skills. Then the second part I would say is definitely add value outside your team. What I noticed early on is that my boss would not just go by my recommendation, but by more or less what his peers would do. So I decided, okay, let me try and figure out what my peers in other groups want help with so I could go and help them in my spare time. And of course, all of this requires you to go over and beyond your regular work, right? And then on that aspect, I would say, make sure you ask for the promotion. I can personally speak as an immigrant. A lot of us are shy. We are afraid that we are not worthy of it. And I think most of the audience might be in a similar situation. They go, oh, I don't deserve it. I'm not good as this one or that one. But I would say, Ask your boss saying, hey, I want a promotion. What do I need to do this year for me to get a promotion next year? Have that plan, have it written. You might not achieve all of it or your boss may set impossible goals, but at least you know where you stand and you know if it's something which is achievable or not. And then I would definitely say also you need to be networking with recruiters. So I would get a lot of requests on LinkedIn. So if you're not on LinkedIn in a professional capacity, definitely have your resume out there on LinkedIn recruiters may contact you, just stay in touch with them, even if you don't want to leave your job, because you never know when you might need those connections or be useful to them. And definitely, I would say, even after you leave your job, keep your bridges open. So with your former co-workers who have left and gone somewhere else, just keep chatting with them, meeting up with them for lunch or with your former bosses who have left the organization, just say a hi, hello with them occasionally. So they'll kind of remember you. So if there is a position ever in their organization and they need someone, you are top of the mind when they come to hiring, right? And I think one of the key aspects which I did in all of this job hunting and improving my human capital was figuring out what's my unfair advantage. So to give you a simple example, like when I came to this country, I'm an immigrant. I have no family, no ties to this country. I just am here by myself. So I went to my boss, like the promotion conversation I had, and then he said, oh, we have a client. And I was like living on the East Coast, close to New York City. And then he was like, oh, we have a client in the Midwest. No one wants to go there, but if you could take a trip there for a week or so, that would be great. And once I did that weekly trip, I then realized that, hey, the client really wants someone to be here, not just once a week, but they want someone to be more frequent. So I went up to my boss and said, hey, I don't mind relocating all over there to the Midwest and living over there. And my boss was very surprised because no one else was willing to do that. So I think that was my unfair advantage that I'm an immigrant, I have no ties, and I'm able to do that. So I think it might be different for each and every one on this podcast, but I think figure out what is like your unfair advantage and just see how you can leverage it. Thank you so much for sharing all this insight. You know, you said some very interesting things about imposter syndrome. Most people struggle right. with 
And I think especially like for immigrants like us, right? definitely something that we have to get over. Can you share maybe some of the tools that you use to move past it? A part of that is also the soft skills, which I mentioned. So making sure you're good at influencing, negotiating, trying to learn from others. And I used to read a lot of books. So some books are really great, like Never Eat Alone. That's a great book. And then the other one is also on networking and making sure you're talking to others. Influencing and persuasion as well. There are quite a few books I will label out there. I can send the list later on. But all of this will definitely help you. And I think some of the soft skills are just like speaking and being good at communication presentation. You definitely need to watch some videos and practice on your own over and over again until you get really good at it. And I speak this as an immigrant who actually did not have English as my first language, right? So a lot of this involves practice being deliberate with it and making sure you are doing this over and over again. Sometimes it may seem repetitive and like a chore, but you still need to do all of this to get better at it. During those 12 years where you were on your way to financial independence, how were you investing your earnings? So when I initially started off investing my earnings, I decided early on that I want to accumulate more assets, avoid any liabilities. So Some of the assets which I started off initially was just stocks and individual bonds. And then over a period of time, I then branched out into more assets which are common like real estate, which is buying my primary house, rental property, as well as then figuring out other investments, which I did. Some of these investments, of course, did not go well. Like I used to invest in commodity trading and also some lithium stocks and all of that. So Those are some of my mistakes, which I've documented on the blog and did not go well. But some of the early investments, which I did definitely pick on, a lot of it was definitely making sure that moving away from individual stock picking to more index funds and having more or less the market take care of my dollar cost average investment. And then getting a rental property after I moved to the Bay Area so as to keep my housing expenses in check, but also having an asset which is inflation protected and hedged. And a lot of times I used to struggle with questions like, is it better to invest in a 401k or buy real estate? Should I buy stocks or real estate? So all of these questions, which I used to have at the back of my mind, I did mental calculations. But now that I have a blog, I am able to actually put out these calculations, which I had with all the assumptions, which I used at the time I did all of those decisions out there so other people can use it and then leverage it for their own respective situations because each market is totally different as far as real estate is concerned. So a lot of assumptions may need to be tweaked and changed, but at least a framework of my thought process and my decision making is definitely out there. So a lot of these different assets help me get over there to financial independence. Talk to us about the financial responsibility as an immigrant for your family, the financial responsibility when it comes to your family. Right. So my parents are definitely, I would say, a frugal. We grew up and never had a lot of money growing up, although we did not grow starving. My parents definitely tried to save more or less what they had and provide a good lifestyle for us. So even like growing up, I would remember we would get like new clothes only once a year. We did not have a television for the longest period of time. And then when we got a television, we had a black and white television because it was much cheaper than having a color television like growing up. So all these instances with respect to money, I do remember. And luckily, my parents are still in good shape that they can, for now, living in India, take care of their daily expenses by themselves. But they are 
also retired. So they're just like living off their savings for now. But over a period of time, as they grow older and I bring them to the U.S., I do envision a scenario where I will need to be spending a lot of money in order to settle them kind of locally here in terms of their medical and other expenses. So that is something which is already built in my net worth plan or my financially independent plan, making sure that I'm able to provide for them and have them live here without stressing about money because the exchange rate is really bad between India and the US. So I do need to take care of all of that. And they have definitely given me the freedom when I moved out of the house, out of the country to live on my own. So I do feel obligated that I should take care of them. They have never asked me to do anything for them. But I just feel that sense of responsibility that I should do something for them and take care of them in their old age. Thanks for sharing that. How are you investing for the future now that you've reached financial independence? So now that I've reached financial independence, I am investing more in real estate. So I have realized that I think the U- living in different countries makes you look at assets in a slightly different manner. And one thing I realized is that the U.S. is unique in the sense that it has a program where you can essentially borrow for very little to buy real estate and it's backed by the government and you have a fixed rate mortgage for 30 years. When I lived in India, I even have some friends who are in Europe and you do not have such a long dated mortgage with a fixed interest rate backed by the government, which allows you to actually leverage. So I've grown more bullish on real estate in the last three or four years. But sadly, since I live in the San Francisco Bay Area and real estate is prohibitively expensive, I've not been able to invest a lot more. But I looked at several crowdfunding websites and been doing a lot of the real estate crowdfunding over there and tried to invest my money in all of those sites so I can get the benefits of real estate and at the same time not have the headaches of managing a tenant or rental property and all of that when I'm far away from it. But at the same time, my net worth can increase as and when the real estate grows or the income from that particular real estate grows. So I've done everything from like commercial office building, investing in real estate crowdfunding to actually investing in farmlands, some of which are located in Iowa and near Chicago. But those are the ones which provide a stable return for me. I've grown more conservative, I would say, as I've grown older and the fact that I'm no longer earning an income. So when I was earning an income, I would take more risk with my investments. I would have like individual stocks and build my moonshot portfolio. I also invested in like crypto. And in fact, I wrote an article about investing in Bitcoin when it was 8,000. Some of my readers bought it, but at that point in time, my readership was quite low. So I did a lot of those risky bets early on, but now that I have no income and I want to have a much more simpler portfolio, I'm looking more for income-based investments and some of the real estate investments are what I'm attracted to at this point in time. So I would say my asset allocation, my investment philosophy has gradually changed depending on my lifestyle and where I'm at currently. Sunday skincare day is one of the ways I keep my sanity in these crazy times. Jumino is an all-natural Black-owned skincare brand, carefully handcrafted by parents who could not find the proper care solutions to address their family skin problems. All Jumino products are made of organic and high-quality ingredients, meticulously chosen to give your skin the smooth results and the glow it deserves. (laughs) 